0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Thursday, May 25th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, is Telluride big enough for Neil Young and the Mushroom Festival? Public health retools as COVID emergency ends. Mountain Village looks to readdress homes and a mountain weather forecast. But first, Norwood lost a member of its community this week. Longtime cowboy Alfred Bailey Collins was found dead in his home on Wednesday evening. He was 76 years old. The San Miguel County Coroner's Office notes Collins was a man of faith and a true lover of the West, from indigenous culture to ranching heritage. The cause and manner of death is under investigation. Crippen Funeral Home will attend to services. Collins is survived by his siblings, Bernice and Boyd, his children, Bob and Andrew, his seven grandchildren, and his one great-grandchild. Telluridians may be rocking in the free world under a harvest moon down by the river this summer. This week, Telluride Town Council discussed the possibility of Neil Young coming to town for a concert in August.
1: What is being requested is a major event, maximum capacity of 9,000 people per day, consisting of a one- or two-night concert by Neil Young in Town Park sometime between August 24th and August 20th of this year.
0: That's Stephanie Jacquet, Parks and Recreation Director for the Town of Telluride, speaking at Town Council's meeting this week.
1: The music is proposed to end by 10 p.m., which is in, within the established curfew for Town Park.
0: According to Steve Gumbel, owner of SBG Productions, Neil Young's management reached out to him saying Young wanted to play Telluride again. He last played in 2016.
2: You know, we weren't searching to do this, um, but um, I think we're very fortunate as a mountain community. Um, you know, Neil Young's not calling Aspen, Neil, Neil Young's not calling Vail, um, but he, he did call Telluride. So I felt it was my duty to at least present it.
0: Gumble notes the details on the event are still murky. There isn't an exact date nailed down. It's not clear if Young would play solo or with a band. But Gumbel notes, when Neil Young says he wants to play Telluride, you at least consider it. Another major event in Town Park does bring challenges. There's the infrastructure that goes into an event, wear and tear on the field in the park. The concert would take place just after the Telluride Jazz Festival. JK again.
1: If the weather is wet, going into jazz is wet at jazz is there will be no time for the fields to dry out before additional impact. In terms of impacts on recreation outside the weather and outside potential damage, it really depends on the concert configuration and setup plan. If if there's no VIP tent set on the field, if uh EMT tent is set back, then we can likely use the fields during the day and outside of concert time. But if there's more infrastructure on the fields for the event, then that's going to directly impact what can coexist both during the daytime and um, other
0: times. Telluride Chief Marshal Josh Compt also has concerns when it comes to staffing.
2: Kind of like a broken record here in that obviously staffing is always an issue and trying to find reserves for this would be no different. Um, I think, you know, trying to find the reserves, you know, a month away from Blues and Brews, which we already have a handful of reserves, um, scheduled for could be problematic. And even from the the reserve standpoint, I mean, having staff at the at the festival is one thing, but our reserves also come in very handy with the large influx of people that then head into town after the festival or the or the event would end at nine or ten um and trying to handle, you know, five to ten thousand extra people potentially in town um with a, a very limited staff could be problematic
0: outside of the nuts and bolts of the concert itself, another challenge is timing the proposed window of dates falls at the same time as the Telluride Mushroom Festival. There could be an issue with camping and parking. Dan Collins, president of the Telluride Institute, which hosts the Mushroom Festival, has concerned with changes to the atmosphere of the festival.
3: There's a different vibe in the scale of our festival and uh, the sense of um, serving the hometown community with uh, an event that can be relied on for every year that connects the natural world with the community, you know, with forays out in the forest and then coming back to, to to Elk's Park and having that small scale venue that allow people to kind of interact on a one-on-one, one-to-one level. It's just a very different vibe, a different scale. I mean, we're all big Neil Young fans. There's no question
2: about that. Uh, it's just more what's appropriate and and who gets run over in this process.
0: On the whole, Town Council is supportive of the concert going forward, but does hear the concerns from Mushroom Festival. Here's Councilmember Geneva Channette.
4: I think this is an exciting opportunity, but I also do really sympathize with Mushroom Fest that this, I think that the there could be some synergy between um, the two groups, but will more likely be impactful on this traditional weekend that Mushroom Fest has had of a more mellow vibe in town. Um, so I personally would be in favor of saying okay to the Monday-Tuesday option, but I don't feel great about encroaching on Mushroom Fests' 43rd, 44th, whatever year it is,
0: um, year of owning that weekend. Town Council supported SBG Productions going through the steps of applying for the concert in Town Park. The Parks and Recreation Commission will hold a special meeting on Wednesday, May 31st to discuss the concert. The Commission for Community Arts and Special Events will meet on June 7th. If both Parks and Rec and CASE approve the concert moving forward, Town Council will discuss the event at its meeting on Tuesday, June 13th. A significant, if symbolic, public health milestone came earlier this month. And yes, it has to do with COVID. After speaking with Grace Franklin, Director of Public Health for San Miguel County, KOTO's Gavin McGough has the details.
5: An era ended earlier this month, if only by official designation. On May 11th, the federal COVID-19 public health emergency came to a close, and the U.S. entered the next phase in managing a disease which has redefined so much of life in the last three years. Director of Public Health for San Miguel County, Grace Franklin, says the date is part of an ongoing transition.
4: I would say it it was a long time coming, right? It really was a symbolic moment where um, moving from a heightened emergency response to much more routine COVID disease management.
5: While the end of the emergency order is largely symbolic, it does come with some specific changes. Franklin says the biggest change is related to data collection.
4: The federal government, as well as the state government, has stopped collecting, um, spending staff time um, digesting and analyzing um, information on disease burden and disease spread of COVID. And so that will really impact just the understanding of um, the virus as it evolves because um, it will be with us for a while. Um, so that's really where we stand on that side is that disease control data monitoring piece.
5: Alongside the end of the public health emergency, various pandemic-era support programs are phasing out as well. Earlier this year, expanded Medicare ended. Additional food stamp or SNAP benefit allocations have expired as well.
4: Uh, It's going to be a challenging place for families to be in to go back to um, previous levels while we also have a lot of inflation with food, right? So I, I, I do project that there'll be a bit of food insecurity in our community, more so than we've seen over the last couple of years.
5: Franklin says the disease will be with us for the long haul. It still accounts for thousands of hospitalizations in the US each week and is all the while claiming lives. The state and the county will continue to monitor wastewater for levels of COVID nineteen infection, and the federal government is continuing to roll out updated vaccines and boosters. Here's Franklin.
4: We've seen over time that the vaccine does Um, lose effectiveness over time. It wanes um, around that like five to six month mark. And so for immunocompromised or older um, populations um, who might be more susceptible for high risk outcomes or um, severe disease if they get sick, Um, We want to continue to protect them, just like the flu, just like RSV. We now have these vaccines to help protect folks um, that might be at higher risk.
5: Still, as the most heightened response to COVID fades into memory, public health officials, both here in the county and beyond, will begin to plan for the future. Franklin says pandemic preparedness and disease management will stay top of mind.
4: Because with just changes to our climate, um, different things, that the likelihood of, and globalization, right, uh, the likelihood of diseases coming up that we've never seen before is pretty likely. And so we definitely want to be more prepared. And I, I think that this... Uh, situation with COVID really did shake the system.
5: Meanwhile, County Public Health, in collaboration with other regional groups, is beginning to address health challenges which are not specifically COVID-related. A public health survey completed this winter identified mental health as an area of need in the region. And, says Franklin.
4: Over the next few months, we'll be looking and saying, what does that mean for public health? We all know it's an issue, but we are not behavioral health counselors. We're the larger system, and so how can we really get creative and really support our community um, with what has been so clearly expressed as a need?
5: Franklin began her work as our County Director of Public Health in February 2020. So the last three years have been quite a trip. When asked about her main takeaways from COVID, Franklin says it's about focusing on individual voices.
4: We have a very diverse community, a lot of different needs, um, And a lot of different values that are valid. Um, And so understanding that best practices in public health may be um, very, quote unquote, black and white. But the reality of an emergency response, the reality of the needs of different families and individuals does need to be addressed and having a spectrum and support system rather than just rules is really the best path forward.
5: Franklin urges community members to stay engaged with all matters of public health.
4: Um, So I have a lot more grays in my hair, um, but um, I'm very thankful for... um, everybody that was here at the very beginning and for those that um, continue to support
5: throughout um, the response. Free rapid COVID tests are still available at the county public health office on the west end of Main Street and at various other locations across town. As vaccines continue to roll out, they will be made available to the public.
0: If you live in Mountain Village, you may soon be getting a new address.
6: Readdressing is first and foremost for safety. Um, We need to improve our 911 emergency response efficiency and um, address a lot of the previous addressing errors that are currently present in our town.
0: That's Lauren Tyler, GIS Administrator for the town of Mountain Village, presenting before town council last week. The problem, boiled down, is the order, or disorder, of house numbers in the village. We have
6: a lot of properties and addresses that are out of order, out of parity, meaning there should be an odd, not an even number, or an even and not an odd, um, things that fall out of line, um, like if it goes 101, 103. There should be a 109 following subsequently after that. Things of that nature. Additionally, there are multi-unit and multi-building structures that are just a little too complicated uh, for the 911 system to understand, and it makes it difficult for first responders to find these properties and find these units.
0: Now, while this may seem like a silly quirker inconvenience when you're looking for your friend's home, Heather Woodland, GIS director for San Miguel County, notes it can have serious consequences for first responders. Woodland spoke before town council at a work session in December.
1: So you've got kind of two things going on here. You've got the responder on the ground trying to find an address that's out of order, and you've got a a dispatcher looking at their map and they're not finding the right address. So it kind of compounds the problem.
0: While it is true that if you plug an address into a GPS, even if the numbers aren't in order, the program will still likely get you to where you need to go without too much fuss. So what's the issue? Woodland says, in short... Google is better than dispatch
1: Google has the smartest algorithm people around, and the dispatch software is not as smart
0: okay.
1: um It expects the numbers to conform to a certain model, and when they don't it it doesn't come up with the right answer so i mean that's it's just not as it's not as advanced as something like Google, and Google uses multiple data sources, and we only have our roads and addresses to use.
0: Tyler notes the challenges have increased as Mountain Village sees a building surge over the past several years. Currently, Mountain Village uses San Miguel County's addressing standards.
6: Which is excellent, but we need to expand and elaborate on certain things such as our multi-building and multi-unit properties. Um, There's not a lot of standards in the uh, San Miguel Addressing Standards document that outline these areas Um, and because we have so many it is very important that we establish that now.
0: Mountain Village staff and council acknowledge readdressing is a hassle and pain for residents. Some members of council also question how it will impact mail delivery. Mountain Village chief of police Chris Brody notes that shouldn't be too much of an issue. For one, a post office mailing address isn't based on physical address.
3: And I can tell you just from anecdotally with UPS drivers as I see them wandering around streets (laughs) trying to find the right address. So I think they will be very supportive.
0: Mountain Village staff anticipates roughly 20 percent of homes in Mountain Village will need to be readdressed. But they note probably only about five percent will see a major change. Town council-supported staff to embark on the project to establish an official addressing standards document for Mountain Village, readdress the homes in the town, and then follow up with impacted property owners, a process which could take several years. Mountain Village's voter registration deadline is coming up. Mountain Village will hold its town council election in June. Those looking to vote must register by Friday, May 26th at 5 p.m. Both Mountain Village residents and non-resident property owners are eligible to vote. To verify voter registration or to register to vote in the upcoming election, go to townofmountainvillage.com election. Ballots will be mailed out to registered voters between June 5th and 12th and should be returned either by mail or in person to Mountain Village Town Hall before 7 p.m. on Tuesday, June 27th. The Second Chance Thrift Store in Telluride has a whole new look.
5: Welcome to our new shopping experience.
0: That's Annie Gunn, outgoing interim executive director of Second Chance. This week, the shop, newly named Sit-Stay Shop, held an opening party to welcome the community into the space. We are still selling lightly used goods, but we wanted to give it a more upscale appearance and feel. The new shop is open, airy, and light. It showcases work by local artists with a mix of used and some new articles of clothing, shoes, and hats for purchase moving towards the back of the store and a slightly quieter atmosphere Ashley Bradley president of the Second Chance Board, says the new look of the shop serves in part as a reset for the organization.
2: Not only will we have the the retail presence up here um, to help fund our operations, but we'll also be able to use the space um, to host adoption events um, and just create greater awareness around the animal welfare piece in the community with speakers and um, gatherings and education and who knows, maybe, even some low-cost vaccine clinics at some point with our veterinary, our community medical piece.
0: The Sit-Stay Shop Shop has reopened in its traditional location on Main Street, open Monday through Saturday. Earlier this week, the Cove Chapter of the Navajo Nation and the Environmental Protection Agency held a community meeting on the EPA's proposal to add nearby uranium mines to its Superfund national priorities list. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, Chris Clements of KSJD has more.
2: The mines are located in the Lukachukai Mountain Mining District in northeastern Arizona. According to Kenyon Larson, a remedial project manager for the EPA, for years they've been working to address the dozens of uranium waste piles in the district, which have contaminated groundwater and killed livestock in cove and surrounding areas. If the district is added to the list, which could happen in September, Larson says, more money will be available for the community and additional unremediated uranium mines in the district will be dealt with.
3: Looking from this distance, it's only until you kind of get up there and you see these individual waste piles that, that cascade down the sides of the cliffs that are, you know, yellow rock, um, that you begin to see the magnitude
2: of, of the impacts. The 60-day public comment period for the proposal will end on May 30th. For KSJD, I'm Chris Clements.
0: This year, Lake Powell will get a big boost from melting snow. The nation's second-largest reservoir on the Colorado River needed more water. It was a record low earlier this year. Before the spring rise, KUNC's Alex Hager met up with a crew of adventurers to document the historic moment.
3: When it comes to Lake Powell lately, it's like the old saying goes, the only constant is change.
2: I call this the moon zone because it's kind of like going to the moon every time.
3: Jack Staus with the Glen Canyon Institute invited me and some other water nerds to come see Lake Powell at the lowest it's been since 1968. He's leading a meandering hike through a narrow canyon with towering red rock walls.
2: And we're just kind of exploring, rambling around through boulder fields, um, where there used to be a reservoir, and it's pretty beautiful. as birds and bugs and little water critters.
3: A lot of times, Lake Powell is in the headlines because of what's going away. In the 1960s, engineers flooded Glen Canyon to store water from the Colorado River. Now, less than a quarter full, it's a harrowing visual reminder that we built a system for watering the West, and that system is struggling. But at the same time, when the water draws back, people like Staus are celebrating what gets revealed.
2: There are ecosystems that thrive in these side canyons, even when they've been dewatered for just like four years. You start to see stuff come back on a really unprecedented scale.
3: These ecosystems and the stunning canyons that cradle them have been coming back for a few years now. But other sections where the reservoir has shrunk dramatically in just a few months are showing change in real time.
2: Every time you come down here, it's sort of a different game of steering the boat through stuff. Kind of exciting, actually, like a little puzzle.
3: Staus is piloting us around the blackened tips of cottonwood trees just poking out from underwater. Len Nesifer, founder of the advocacy group Natives Outdoors and a member of the Navajo Nation, is another member of our expedition. He's looking at the messy, muddy delta of the Escalante River, which flows into the reservoir.
2: You know, it's constantly changing. I think that's the, you know, in in a few weeks, you'll be able to motor around and go up to, you know, Willow Canyon and all that. But right now
3: it's, yeah, in this like sort of crazy zone of transition. As we start to turn the boat away from shallow ground, Nessifer says it's a great reminder. As much as humans try to control the world around them, even on a huge scale, Nature bats last. Bottom of the ninth and, you know, and end of a baseball game, nature's at bat and basically has the final say, what happens. Later, a short hike through a muddy creek bed takes us through a few patches of quicksand before we ultimately arrive at Cathedral in the Desert. Teal Leto is on the trek too. She makes short videos on TikTok about the Colorado River under the name Western Water Girl.
4: Honestly, I'm kind of speechless, which is really funny for me, because I always have something to say. But it is gorgeous. It's amazing to me to imagine that this was all underwater, and it will be underwater again soon.
3: We're staring up at Cathedral's cavernous, rounded walls. It's a breathtaking pocket of space in the rock, where the sounds of a trickling waterfall echo through the canyon.
1: I kind of
4: wish there was a choir here, because I think it would be really beautiful. Does anybody know how to sing?
3: This waterfall used to look a lot different. Again, Jack Staus.
2: People used to just boat right up, like, you know, 100 feet above the waterfall.
3: Staus and other environmentalists say Lake Powell, which he just calls the reservoir, should be drained. Water should be stored elsewhere. And the full majesty of Glen Canyon should be allowed to return.
2: I don't think we should just think that the uh, dry down of these reservoirs is over. I think we should use the moment to rethink completely how we store use and conserve water across the west and i think glen canyon should be at the heart of that conversation
3: glen canyon and those who fight for its future will have to wait a little longer scientists are predicting a huge springtime boost for the reservoir bringing water back to its side canyons and more uncertainty about what will happen next i'm alex hager in bullfrog utah
0: the national weather service forecast for the western san juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 40 degrees Friday, there's a 10% chance of showers and thunderstorms, with sunny skies and a high in the mid-60s. Friday night, expect partly cloudy skies, with a low around 40. Saturday, expect sunny skies with a chance of rain showers. The high is around 65 degrees. Saturday night should be mostly clear, with a low around 40. This has been the news for Thursday, May 25th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story, idea, or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.